0: This is Self Starter. Hi, folks, welcome to Self Starter. Podcast that highlights small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who've taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can head on over to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly and anything and everything to do the self employment world. Now, this episode is with Sandra Perez, who is a multi platform producer and director of Wine Documentaries based in Wollongong. The name was actually first registered in the year 2000 because Sandra needed to create a business name and an ABN to get paid for a job. So it was not really expected or planned out. But since then, Wine Documentaries has gradually evolved into a reputable, award winning business and has become a driving force in creating content with purpose. Sandra's background in journalism exposed her to that freelancer-contractor lifestyle really early in the piece, and I think that's what's helped her with the transition into creating her own business as well. She is full of great quotes as well as moments of inspiration, resilience, and persistence. There is just so much you can take out of this episode, and as always, I'll have all my key takeaways at the end of this chat, which will also be published in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. You can also learn more about why documentaries at documentaries.com.au. But for now, though, get your notepad out this time and get ready to capture some of the great insights from Sandra Perez of Why Documentaries. Thanks for having me, Sandra. Do you want to just give a brief introduction of yourself and and your business?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, My name's Sandra Perez. I'm the multi-platform producer, director, and founder of Why Documentaries.
0: And... Looking on your website, your bio and everything is quite impressive and you've been in the industry, your background's journalism but documentary filmmaking, so it's quite extensive leading up to today but how long has Why Documentaries itself been up and running?
1: The actual name, Why Documentaries, yep. was registered in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, so that began with an Indigenous project uh, um, in in Alice Springs, Um and that I needed a name and I needed a business in order to be paid for some work All that right, I was doing perfect. down there. And I just and that's what happened. Um that's how the name the the business started. But it it's been an ongoing business. It was very part time for a few years. Mm. Um I would say we've been full time now for a good ten years yep. and we've moved into this office. It's been uh, again, probably full time, just over a year that we've okay. been in this particular office.
0: Yeah, I drive down Crown Street quite often, and I keep looking at it, going, "What is that place? Why documentaries? I need to look at it. Look it up." So, I mean, it's, it's you're in a good spot as far as visibility, and especially when you've got uh, like today, Friday morning peak hour traffic. Everyone just sort of stops here, waiting to get through the lights. So, it's a great place for as far as branding for the business. It's 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 quite good.
1: Oh, it's definitely increased the visibility of, of our brand, and I'm so proud to have a ladybug as my logo out, out the window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really good. I mean, so going back to 2000 when you're in that situation where you're about to film something, and then it, it literally in order to get paid, you had to go, oh, jeez, I'm going to have to scramble here. You were working, I guess, as, as like a freelancer in a way or some sort of contractor.
1: In yeah that, that was so that was
0: where you were at, at that moment
1: i was so I was put on as an assistant producer on a fi- on a short film um, but it was looking at the incredible life of John McCumber from Karma and his twenty years setting up um, the central Australian Aboriginal media association uh, you know it, it was it was just a contracting job to assist, um, but since the age of say fifteen Um, When I first did work experience out at Channel 9, I knew that this, you know, I wanted to make films, documentaries. I didn't want to work in news, but Mm. I wanted to... I knew that, you know, documentary was where I wanted to go. Did
0: Did you... At that time, did you also think that it was something that you would do yourself, or would you... Did you have sort of thoughts, oh, well, I'll work for a production company and I'll sort of be on the books, or was it something that you thought, I want to create something myself as far as a business and... Or was it only after that one project um, where you had to create your ABN that you thought, oh, maybe I can actually create my own thing after that?
1: Yeah, it's a bit bit strange how it all ends up happening, but I did a hell of a lot of work experience. I worked in probably, say, five or six different production houses. I did some work experience up in Broome after I finished university Mm. in media production. Um, I did work experience in Perth, all through Sydney, North Sydney, um, and what work experience is important for is to work out what you, you know you don't want to do. Mm. And having seen so many different examples of how people work, I was like, well, I can do this. Mm. I reckon I can do this. Why can't I do this? <laughs> so as a, an entrepreneur, I suppose, or as somebody who has this want to tell stories and this, you know, belief that I can make a difference, mm. I thought, well, you know, I want to do it for myself. And
0: I think it's probably one of those industries where there's so many people that work in sort of a freelance capacity or on contractual basis where it's not it's not your traditional nine-to-five job where you just rock up and clock off at the end of the day and just go through that same routine. It's, it's, it's at all hours of the day, any day of the week, and it's sort of whenever there is a job that pops up, at least from an outside perspective looking in. So you probably had a lot of that sort of... You were sort of brought up, with a lot of that sort of self-employed sort of perspective.
1: Yeah, I think as contractors and working on projects that matter or that you choose to work on, you just do what you have to do to get them over the line. Um, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever... I've never worked a nine-to-five full-time job. It's always been contract work, always been project work. Mm. Um, It's probably, like, ridiculously more hours, Mm. but it's not that... 9 to 5. Having the shop has made us be a little bit more 9 to 5, yeah. but still, you know, we've got projects that will, you know, you're here till 10 o'clock at night, some nights, other nights, yeah. other times you're, you know, next week or whatever will be in um, Maria working on a project and you know, even overseas with some of the projects we're doing, so it's never been that, but yeah, you just have to um, do what you think you can do, I guess, and, and uh, the most important thing for me has been not to take no Yep. As as an answer.
0: As in, just keep finding. Well, without throwing the pun out there, the why, and getting around the no to try and find where, where that yes is. As as far as where is the answer? Where's the solution? Not just accepting it. Say, oh well, it's no. Oh, just give up now.
1: I'm going to give you one motto that I live by. Yeah. It's persistence beats resistance. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: I can't say that enough. I have been every film I've tried to get up. There's always been some reason why someone said no. There's, it's always a no. It's a very competitive field mm. trying to get into the documentary world in Australia. But I've still managed to get my films up. I've still managed to do it. Mm. Uh, I may not have got as much funding as it could have, um, but they're there and those stories are there forever.
0: Do you find that it's it's harder as well because? From what I can see, a lot of the work that you focus on is social topics, community-based things, um, causes. It's, it's stuff that can be quite emotive and can be not controversial. Well, it can be, but I guess it's things that stir up a lot of emotion in the general public. So um, do you find that trying to pitch the concept or the idea or to get people to open up to be able to document it in the right way and in the, in the right light can be a challenge in itself?
1: the kind of stories that I like to tell are stories that haven't received the prominence and the standing in our Australian history that they should, mm. and they've been kept down for reasons. Yep. So that's probably the issue that I have, is that I'm trying to do these stories that have been kept down, that haven't been given the status that they should. Um, but they're the stories that need to be told. Mm. So I am always fighting against the... you know. The grain, I'm always, you know, trying to get things up that people say no to. I mean, even with the the last film, Pig Eye and Bob, you know, I think I got rejected something like 10 times mm. and I'm still trying to get that <laughs> film on ABC SBS mm. um, because I believe, once I believe in a project or a story, then where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. It's not about, you can't stop me from telling that story because there's no money. I just you find can't, another
0: way to do it. That's right.
1: Yeah. And it can happen. You must have
0: fairly thick skin now after dealing with uh, so much or so many instances of potential rejection over the years of pitching these ideas and trying to get these stories to light.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think people kind of get surprised that I just don't walk away (laughs) and... Maybe I'm expected to. I don't yeah. know if it is, you know, if it's a female or, you know, younger or, you know, that kind of, that yeah. I'll just walk away and won't. Yeah. But I keep coming back and, yeah. and I do get it done. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you, I mean, each project has its own difficulties. And, yeah, sometimes you really get thrown around, um, especially when people don't realise what you're trying to do or they take it out of context or they take it too far, they say that you're, you know, oh gosh, just in the last couple of months I've probably been accused of being all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe telling the truth in this day and age is, is, is radical. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think, I mean, given from a technical point of view, you've got, you've got the skill set, the knowledge to be able to put together the content. I mean, the content itself is probably the biggest challenge for you and obviously going through the the process of getting it out to the public or getting the buy-in initially to get the story together. But the mechanics of it all is probably the easier part of the business. So, you know, somebody that's not attached to any of this could look at it and go, well, you've got the skill set there to create documentaries. I'm sure you could find, like, easier documentaries to do that and get them out there and make money and just go, and just skip along into the sunset, and you'd be completely fine. But you've taken the path to make it more, more of a challenge to hit on issues and topics that are that are far more, far more difficult.
1: I have no idea why <laughs> I do that, and I wish that I could change, and I wish that I could make it easier for myself and market projects and stories that I didn't believe in or that <laughs> I could make a lot of money on, but I, I can't. No. Um, I think being on this planet for such a short time, um, I've got three kids that I want to leave, you know, something to the world. Um, I I believe, honestly, in all the projects that come in the door that we accept. It's It's kind of a funny thing. People think they're coming to us to give us work, but really we're looking at them seeing whether or not we're actually going to work with them, whether Mm. we're actually going to be able to market their idea or their business or we're going to tell the story or the health campaign or whatever it is. um, I have to fully believe in it before we we get on board.
0: I guess that's the the benefit of being sort of self-reliant and creating your own business is that you can vet who you decide to work with and and making sure that it aligns in with whatever your core beliefs are um, instead of just oh, this is the next uh, pitch on the table, I've, got to, I've just got to turn everything off and just work like a robot and, again, spit it out. Um, and so the, the why, once again, is, is most important for you.
1: It is. Uh, you know, that's all that it is. That's, it is the most important question on the planet. Mm. Why are we here? Why are we doing what we're doing? Why do we care? you know my background is media production but also psychology okay um so the question why is always the most important Mm. question you need to understand why things happen to someone in order for them to be uh, behaving how they are Mm. Uh, there's always a reason and if you go back far enough in history you'll find it
0: absolutely From a business point of view and you know going back 20 odd years when the name came about where you you had to create this abn and a name for the business to work on that particular project going back to about a year ago when you've opened this up this site what was the main driver for you to create a bricks and mortar was this the first bricks and mortar site that you had was everything else sort of i don't know from home beforehand and this was the first sort of fully fledged operation that you've
1: yeah, yeah, not. yeah, yeah. So this is the first. Um, so before this, we were in um, Innovation Campus. So one of our projects yep. was through that, and before and Startpad, and you know we we'd been around for a few few years with a physical site. Before that, it was, was absolutely from home mm. and project led. So I would meet up with people and outside. But having the office studio space has been um, fantastic. You know, people can come here. I'm not spending all my time travelling around trying to find people. Um, people know where we are, we have other aspects to the business now because we've got the front um the uh, the frontage. Um so yeah, this this has been I think um a good move for us. It's
0: definitely it's a multifacet reason as to why it's here. It's not just well, a bricks and mortar store you're not just a normal shop that you open up on the on crown street it's it's an office it's somewhere as you said that people can come to you it's pretty central Um, it's easy enough to get to Um, so it obviously lends a lot of benefits for for the business as opposed to working within a a campus or from home or trying to get out and track people down it's like you come to me and it's and you know you there's a level of professionalism that you show by having a uh, an operation set up in, in this spot as well.
1: Yeah, it also says we're here to stay. Yep. You know, it's mm. kind of like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. I think people do recognise our brand with some of the projects. Um, it's interesting the kind of people that do walk in and go well, what do you do? <laughs> and then <laughs> explain it and you know, they might come back or they don't. Do you have um, a
0: really good pitch? Like just now it's like completely refined? No, those- <laughs> I'm still working out what
1: I'm doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, with with this site what were the challenges that you had leading up to it because I, I assume that there was something in the back of your mind that it was you were going to work towards it eventually it was going to be something that would eventually happen like you'd open up an office somewhere but what was the challenges that you had sort of getting to the point of opening this up
1: um, well it just just kind of Deciding whether it's viable or not, I suppose, has been the the reasoning. Mm. Um, having more space and to move out of the home, you yeah. know, it's just yeah. I think it's just easier to also separate home life and and being here. I mean, before this shop, clients would call at ten o'clock at night. Mm. You know, it would be you know we we're kind of always available. Um, there was no kind of separation between home and work because mm. it's my husband and I that that are working on wide documentaries mm. so this has just been much better in terms of giving us that break and you know the the equipment everything's here so we can't take it home with us and work on it mm. and we actually have weekends now with the family so you it's know have the
0: office hours
1: yeah. yeah well it's funny yeah <laughs> in that sense yeah. but um it is good to have the separation
0: and so i assume that as you said, like the, one of those challenges was just trying to work out whether it was going to be viable to even take that step. Because I'm, I mean, I'm just having a guess here that you know it costs, it costs money <laughs> to, to have a spot and have, have some form of lease or if you've bought it or whatever it might be, there's expenses and there's ongoing expenses, utilities and everything like that. So there would have been a lot to sort of take into consideration based off the amount of work that you were getting to, to see whether it was something that could be sustainable.
1: Well, it took a long time to get to this point it yep. wasn 't something taken lightly mm. um, but it is it was the next step i I like a place where there 's collaboration when we 're working mm. on films that everybody 's here we 're talking yep. about it. Um, people come into the office we mm. have some partnership arrangements you know it's it, yeah absolutely it 's only been taken because we believe, you know we believe in mm. the business we believe where we 're going with it, and we believe that this is the next step.
0: So, this site's been open for about a year now, a yearish. ish um, what, what are the current challenges that you're dealing with? Just, I guess from an operational point of view of having this place open, um, yeah, what sort of things, are new challenges that you've had since having an actual office space or location? Is there anything, I mean obviously there's upside and benefits, that's why you've done it, but has there been any sort of challenges that you've had to deal with or is dealing with now?
1: Well, now we have to clean the office and home, <laughs> <laughs> so you know you have that. But no, there hasn't been any major challenges. It's obviously a bit more expensive, mm. but I think the upside is that we've got we've got the 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 place and the standing and the pre- professional um, look, I suppose, yeah. for the business.
0: So I guess because why documentaries itself as a name and and its function of what it's been doing has been around for quite a while now the challenges that you have are the same challenges that you've probably been having for the last 20, 20 years as far as just you know what we discussed before about just trying to get people on board and trying to push projects through and all that kind of stuff that that's what your ongoing challenges are
1: yeah so they yeah. don't get any easier yeah. not the type of films that i'm really interested in mm. um So we're working on our third feature documentary now, and it's still the same. It's still, it's been knocked back. Um, It's an Australian-Irish history, Mm. um, and we've had to raise the funds ourselves. So it's still in that way. Um, Until there seems to be some enlightening moment in my career or um, things change, I'm always going to be doing those stories that are, you know, the ones that are less discovered. Yep. Um, and because they are or they're not known, my process is to raise that awareness around that history and to try and, and get people on board and to understand the significance of some of the mm. issues that I believe in. Yeah. They're usually stories about turning points. They're always stories about people being pushed a little bit too far or doing things um, that they shouldn't be doing and, and people uniting and doing something mm. about it. I seem to have this theme that's happened organically not something I went looking for um I do pride ourselves in being an independent video production house in terms of we don't have funding from Mm. anyone specifically there's
0: no agenda behind the scenes yeah there's no one allowed
1: editorial control of my films they're all told up front Mm. and we've had some reasonable success um the last film has just sold to cctv china it was up there up against That Sugar Film and wow. um, Gillian Armstrong as a finalist for Best Australian Documentary. So these are, f- you know, Absolutely. self-funded films that are are there forever. So that's my biggest thing. It's, you know, you've, you've done it. That history's there. It's been captured. All, a lot of the people in my films have passed away, but we yeah. caught their histories. That's, it's a bit of a
0: time capsule, isn't it? I mean just something for historical record you know there's already there's already things that have been planted in the past but you know they get forgotten about that's i guess that's probably part of the big motivator for you to to create these things is that Mm. it brings things back to light um, and then it creates something that people can look at now but look at down the track as well
1: well if the community um wants the story or if a community approaches me with an with a story that they believe's been overlooked or a story they believe needs to happen Mm. Um and it's there, and it 's a really good story, then by all means, I do get involved, and you know that's what i'm here for yeah. and I can use those skills to actually get that story up, and i I get so much out of it as Absolutely. well, but I know that it's there forever and
0: from a from a digital point of view, online, no doubt that would have Added over the years, more advantages to what to getting messages out, getting stories out. You know, putting online, uh, you know, whether it be paid or free content online, as far as video through YouTube or I don't know some of the other paid services or whatever it might be. That's no doubt helped your reach from a business point of view. But obviously, getting the message out there, the core message of what that project's all about. But um, for the business, you know, the internet's no doubt probably added up quite a bit to what you do.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's probably the most exciting time to be alive as a content producer in Mm. terms of producing your content, finding your audience online and and delivering it. Mm. Um, uh, it, It's double-edged, though. It's also um, everyone else is doing it. Lots of people are doing it. There's lots of content, um, and the price of producing content is going down. Mm. So it's how you find that that medium. But, yeah, um, online, I mean, if I needed to devote myself to a story in a particular project or, you know, to get an audience, it's never been a better, there's never been a better time Mm. to do that. Do you actively
0: source um, potential clients to work with? So if you hear about something, are you trying to source a project or is it more of a case now after so many years that you have through word of mouth and organic sort of reach that you're getting people that are just coming to you and saying, this is what I need and can you help me? And then you're in a position where it's coming to you. Now you're not actively you're not doing the cold selling. You're trying to you're not trying to actively source leads. You're you're just working on that word of mouth.
1: Yeah, well, we're pretty specialised in yeah. terms of it's multicultural marketing mm. or it's Australian history. Mm. Um, they're the two main things that we do. Mm. Um, we are quite successful in social media strategy and campaigns yep. for organisations um, and uh, and awareness campaigns. Mm. That's the kind of work that we do. So. We've been very lucky in that we've been able to win some awards in both of those um, streams, so we're getting known for yep. for our work specifically for those. So people looking for those particular um, projects or content, makes it easier. They do come to us, mm. and we are only pursuing work in those areas. Yeah, yeah. So we're not really competing with everyone.
0: No, absolutely. Um,
1: and we don't want every type of job, or we when you know it's we just want to make projects that we believe in, which is hard.
0: Yeah, well, I guess, but I mean, sometimes it probably makes it easier as well because you're not distracted by a lot of noise and losing focus. You've got intention with what your core goal is or or those segments, those two segments that you're in. So it probably in some ways is easier, possibly.
1: Oh, it's easier because I love every project that yeah. I'm on. Every yeah. single project every day that I come to work, I'm like, "Yes, you know, I'm going to be working on this, 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 and this. I'm trying to look for ways to do more hours towards certain projects. Um I know what I can do. Um so yeah, no, in in that way it's it's much easier is is probably the the word. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Being in the Illawarra and being in Wollongong. Um Wollongong probably not so much. It's a lot more built up than it than it's ever been. It's it's exploding. But um, you know, a big thing about this podcast and the people that I speak to and the people that listen is that you know people sit on the fence about acting on ideas, and you know might be might be chained or feel feel like they're chained to a desk or they're just doing something they don't enjoy, but they've got an idea that they can't execute on. And sometimes I think people use excuses about location, um, environment, or anything of the such that holds them back. Um, no doubt, you would have met so many people over the years. And coming from a from a background that's sort of freelancing and sort of contractual and self-employed, I'd love to just understand or get some thoughts from you from you know from opportunities that people have out there to be able to create something themselves. You know, whether it be creative or whether it be just something to be self-employed and create their own business.
1: Okay, can I just read you out something that somebody gave me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. explains all that yeah okay so this lady gave me this little saying and then funded part of my film it says it's not who we are that holds us back it's who we think we're not and that quote is by michael nolan and that was profound for me because you kind of put this idea of who you are and what you can do in the world and blah, blah blah but you don't think about who you think That you're not. So if Mm. you if you think, oh well, I'm not a politician, or I'm not a, I'm not someone that can do that, or I'm not someone that's going to make change, or Mm. you know, that's the bit that we have to work on. It's the bit that we don't think that we are. We can do anything, Mm. and we ourselves are the ones holding ourselves back. You know, if there's a project, of course you can do it. Like I said, persistence beats resistance. I think it must be a mathematical equation. You know,
0: absolutely, and and no doubt, like just for. For some of the projects that you've worked on with these, these stories that have been neglected for so long and probably people have hesitated to talk about it because they feel like they're not the right person or they don't have the capability to do it or they can't articulate it in, in what they believe is the best way. And so you're probably seeing this time and time again with trying to get the most out of a story or a person that's involved with it and trying to get a message out there and pushing through those, those fears that we create which, which probably aren't even a reality.
1: Yeah. Well, it is. It's hard to know if you're doing the right thing or not sometimes. And you, you try and sometimes you actually think, oh, am I doing the right thing? If, I mean, if nobody wants me to do that, then maybe I shouldn't. You have to, it's almost focus testing. You have to check around you and check the people that you're working with and show people your film and show people your, your idea or your story or your project. And see if it's wanted and needed in the community and then, you know, it's just kind of this testing that continues to happen.
0: So you handle a bit of uh, critique, a little you bit of do. feedback. You get,
1: you get feedback and you have to listen to it, you yeah. have to. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing it for. Are you getting better at that? No. <laughs> I still have to go through the whole process of understanding it and why and making sure that there's no other ulterior motive yeah. and that there's no one trying to stop the film for other reasons and it's a really long mental process and a lot of people. You walk away for a
0: bit and you're yeah. really sort of taking in. And, yeah. yeah, honestly.
1: Yeah. You can walk away for a project for six months and then come back. There's been films I thought I'm never going to finish because there's just not the support or funding. And then last minute it all happens. So I don't know how to explain it. It yeah. just really is hard work.
0: I think it's it's a unique type of business because of the type of work that you're doing. And mm. I think it... it You come across so many moments of friction on a no doubt a daily basis to try and get some of these things out there Um, but it's kind of the experiences that you're having in this unique setting are the same experiences that almost anyone would have trying to create their own revenue stream their own business their own being self-employed you've got to go through those similar emotions of negative feedback critique trying to take it in work out what's constructive what's not moving through it not giving up yours is on a bit more of an amplified uh stage compared to probably what other people are going through but i guess the fundamentals or the core of it is is the same it's it's a lot of just it's a lot of uh character building a lot of self-development along the way of just trying to get that thick skin and just keep moving and not giving up on whatever that that vision is
1: yeah Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. I think that that is really is something. It's called belief in yourself, or Mm. you know, if you really believe in something and you can really um, align that with yourself, and you have gone through that process of trying to understand, and you know, that's all you stand. You know, as a filmmaker or as a a person with a business, or that's all you stand for. That's what you stand for. So. You have to go through that process of really understanding if you really truly believe in it or your, your project or your business, mm. and then nothing should really topple that. Yep. If you really believe in something, then you know you just have to fight for it.
0: it. I think when it gets to a point where it's the only thing that sort of takes up any sort of brain power and it's the only thing you're thinking about, that um, I think you kind of have to just act on it and just keep pushing, pushing ahead.
1: You know? <laughs> Well, that would be called passion, that's right. Yes, you know yep. which stories, I know which stories. You know, there's the stories obviously you have to do to pay the bills and those things that you, you're helping with that you know that are messaging or whatever, but the stories that keep you awake at night, the stories that you find yourself, you know, dreaming about. You know, mm. the amount of times I dreamt of Bob Menzies mm. in my last film was crazy. Yep. It was just like, how am I going to tell this story? What am I going to do? How do I make it for, you know, the betterment of... Our society. How do I tell the story for peace? You know, for me, it is about peace and creating empathy between yeah. people. I'm not here to make things worse. Hopefully, mm. yeah. I mean, the way some people take my films, they do believe that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but that's the aim is to do something that I think you know will will work yeah. and make things better and and different ideas and different. You know, you can go to Innovation Campus and see some of the, the ideas and the businesses that people are working on. They're also passionate about the different things that they're working on. It's amazing to see that level.
0: That's it. It becomes more than just, I want to create something to make some money. It's, I want to create something where I leave a footprint in a good way. I leave I leave a mark and I, I, I do something to give back, you know, add some value in, in the community or in society in general or whatever it might be. There's that, I guess, that level of, as you said, it's passion. There's that fulfilment that comes out of it. It's not just the mechanics of, oh, well, I need to make some money, so I'll just start a business and... I don't know, sell slippers or something like that.
1: Oh, there's nothing wrong with selling slippers, but, you know, I guess it's, you know, if it's comfort of people and there's, an, you know, there's got to be a reason why. I don't think just for money is enough no. to run a business. Um, I think you need to believe in your business and I think there needs to therefore be an ultimate goal or a bigger goal that you're striving towards or what you where you want things to go. Mm. Um, some of those sustainable organisations and... You know there's some amazing amazing stories here in Wollongong or you know of, of businesses trying to make a difference um and they may well be millionaires in the process but i think that the ultimate goal of any business needs to be i think um aligned to your personal belief and and hope yeah
0: absolutely that's what keeps you fueled and especially when in the, in the slumps and the down down times when yeah. things are a little bit uh, a little bit yeah. quiet and, and hard that that's yeah. what keeps you going and
1: absolutely you
0: know, pushes it through.
1: Yeah I mean I'd hate to have a business and I'd go, oh God, I've got to go to work every day like <laughs> why would you run your own business and go through all the pain? and absolutely. Yeah, all the, the extra hardship stuff. and the extra hours and not time with the kids and you know that it's because you believe in something. I believe that anyway. It's part of it's part of you it's part of your makeup. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. It's just an extension of who you are yep. Yep. and you're putting it out there into the world.
0: There you go. i mm.
1: will
0: well, put links to everything in the show notes um, and any current projects that, um, that you're working on. And Maybe I can reference some of the, the, the projects that you have spoken about as well mm-hmm. um, over at uh, selfstar.com.au. But um, whydocumentaries.com.au mm-hmm. is the website. So um, everyone go and check that out. But uh, Sandra, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, folks. If you want to learn more about Sandra Perez and Why Documentaries, you can go to whydocumentaries.com.au. But I've also got everything to do with Why Documentaries in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. There's a bunch of videos, trailers, um, lots of content, all the social media links to what Sandra is uh, involved with, and there's just heaps and heaps of stuff to check out, including my key takeaways, which I will get into right now. Okay, here are my key takeaways. Now, as always, if I've missed something or you've got something a little bit different out of this chat with Sandra, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you, I'd love to get your feedback. Please contact me via any of the social media platforms, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can uh, click on the contact me page on selfstarter.com.au and shoot me a message as well. But here are my takeaways. Number one work experience. Sandra did several work experience stints around the country with various production houses. While work experience is a great way to hone in on what you want, it also helps identify what you don't want to do. Work experience isn't just reserved to those that are still in school or have just recently left, and maybe you could do a day or a fortnight, once a month or something like that, and give your time for free in exchange for some insight and experience in a line of work and industry that interests you. Remember, the more you give, the more you get. My bird going off in the background. I love you, Larry. Number two, thick Skin, failure, rejection, critique, and feedback. These are things that occur in everybody's self-employment journey. However, in Sandra's line of work, they're amplified, even more so than most other jobs out there. And while it certainly has its moments and it never gets easier, Sandra has developed this thick skin and understands that these moments are absolutely essential in fulfilling the needs of her business. Number three, now get your head around this one. Don't focus on what you think you are not. Sandra retold a great quote by Michael Nolan, which was, and I quote, it's not who we are that holds us back, it's who we think we are not, end quote. Thanks, Larry, for chiming in. So sometimes our fear of not knowing or not having or not understanding becomes this dark cloud that paralyzes us from action. Sandra has a firm belief that you can do anything, and it's simply just getting started where the breakthrough begins. Number four, last one, money can't be the primary motivator. Starting and running your business is really, really hard. Money can be a motivator, but it can't be the only one. Sandra's passion for telling stories that impacts the community ensures that her business is aligned in with her own personal beliefs. It gives her that fuel to push through the harder moments, knowing that there are bigger reasons why she's doing it all. And that's it, folks. Those were my key takeaways from this great chat with Sandra and a big thank you to my cockatiel, Larry, for chiming in and uh, helping me get through each and every one of those takeaways. Thanks, Larry. Now, before we wrap it up, a big thank you to everybody that supports this podcast. It means a hell of a lot to me. Um, And if you want to support this podcast even more than just listening to each episode of the Self-Starter Podcast, you can do so by leaving reviews anywhere on the internet, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Facebook, wherever, it doesn't matter. Um, You can also... Support by recommending this podcast to anybody that you feel um, might be interested, somebody that might be starting their own business, somebody that's working an office job, wants to quit and get out of there, or somebody that's just really happy with what they're doing, but they want to earn a little bit of money on the side as well. Whatever it might be, if there's a bit of interest there, I'd absolutely love a recommendation and get a few more people listening to this podcast. It means a hell of a lot, and it's great to see this podcast building and building each and every episode as the months progress. So thank you very much to all of that support. Now, until next fortnight, take care, folks. Go to selfstarter.com.au. Lots of blogs, lots of content there, and I'm continuing to build on it. Would love to get some more feedback from you all and lots of recommendations for guests. But until next fortnight, take care. Bye-bye.